Hey, I just saw the email from Sarah. Congratulations on a thousand episodes of the podcast, the Creating Wealth Podcast. Welcome to the Creating Wealth Show with Jason Hartman. You're about to learn a new slant on investing, some exciting techniques, and fresh new approaches to the world's most historically proven asset class that will enable you to create more wealth and freedom than you ever thought possible. Jason is a genuine, self-made multimillionaire who's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, lender, developer, and entrepreneur who's owned properties in 11 states, had hundreds of tenants and been involved in thousands of real estate transactions. This program will help you follow in Jason's footsteps on the road to your financial independence day. You really can do it. And now, here's your host, Jason Hartman, with the complete solution for real estate investors. Welcome to episode 1367-1367. Thanks for joining us today. Investment counselor Sarah is here with me. She has a bit of a cold, but I think she sounds just fine. Sarah, welcome. How are you doing? Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. I'm great. No one believes you have a cold. I think you're just trying to ditch school today. <laughs> Jordan ditched school today. <laughs> Jordan is Sarah's son. Just so for the record, for those who don't know. All right. Hey, we want to talk a little bit about, well, about a variety of things today. For investors, we want to talk about the Orlando market, the greater Orlando market, I should say. Of course, as you regular listeners know, when we mention a city, we're really talking about the greater, you know, metro area. So not, you know, these cities are big, some of them, and we talk about it as though it's a market, not real specifically. But we do get more specific as you talk to our investment counselors and a little bit on the show too. So we'll talk about that. But I think you wanted to congratulate uh, a couple of clients, right? Yeah, well, I would like to start by congratulating Eric and Melody. They closed with us in Orlando in the um, Poinciana Kissimmee area on a brand new construction property. And they were actually uh, with us in Profits in Paradise when we did our Orlando conference. So yeah, congrats to them. Yeah, they got a beautiful brand new construction home. Excellent, excellent. And congratulations to dozens of others too, who are not being mentioned. We we appreciate all of you. But since we're talking particularly about this market, we just want to mention the last closing in that market. Good stuff. Sarah, why do you like this market? And why do you like our team there? Yeah, well, of course, you know, it's close proximity to uh, Disney World and all the Disney parks. So you know that there are jobs being created and that there's going to be demand for rentals there, right? Yeah. So it's a good economy. The price point, you know, 196.9 up into about 225.9 is the price range. It's tough to get a nice new construction home for under 200000 these days. Yeah. Prices are inching up little by little and um, good strong rent. This is a three-bedroom, two-bath, 1500 a month in rent on a 196.9 purchase price, which is great for new construction. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good market. And I want to play just a clip here, and this is from Orlando 2030, okay, uh, Orlando Economic Partnership talking about the growth in this city. So many good Florida markets, of course. Of course, we have many other markets around the country, but this market is is definitely pretty hot. There's a lot of growth. Of course, you've got tons of entertainment, Universal, Disney, uh, you know, many, many others. 
and uh, a lot of growth. So let's talk about this. But if you want to get a perspective too, which is quite interesting, remember that movie that I mentioned years ago as we were coming out of the Great Recession and talking about how Orlando was kind of ground zero for a lot of the foreclosure market. And I think it was called 99 Homes or 99 Houses, something like that. It was really quite fascinating about uh, some of the stuff that went on there. But it's not like it went on just there. It went on all over the country in many, many places. So uh, more on that if you want to see that movie. But let me play you this clip. Just consider this rather amazing growth projected over the next 10 years. By the year 2030, the Orlando region will be transformed. Our growth will impact everything. Industries, infrastructure, and institutions will change. By 2030, we'll have 5.2 million residents, 20% more than today, coming from all around the globe. We're estimated to add 500,000 new jobs. That's enough employed people to fill the Amway Center 25 times. Our fastest growing industry will be home and healthcare services. We'll outpace the rest of the nation in computer systems design, air transportation, and engineering services employment growth. And by 2030, how we get to those jobs could change. At least 600,000 more cars will be on our roads. I-4 Ultimate will be complete. Sunrail will have expanded. And self-driving cars may be everywhere. Which, by the way, something interesting about that, you know, the self-driving cars may mean there are fewer cars on the road. It may mean there are more. We don't know yet. You know, it really kind of remains to be seen. So that's an interesting prediction. We'll see if that one comes true. But certainly, I love the industries, right? You know, healthcare, home services, tons of entertainment, fantastic airport with just, you know, incredible amount of direct flights. So very, very good metrics in, in terms of Orlando. Orlando could be an epicenter of autonomous vehicle technology and smart sensor tech, leading innovative companies to the area. But our growth also brings great challenges and opportunities to address them. Annual average wages likely will not significantly increase. And if costs continue to rise, many won't be able to find affordable housing. This is the same affordable housing problem that is just a nationwide problem. It is incredibly significant. And what that means for investors is that you are going to, as you know, I predicted this 15 years ago, okay? And the same exact trend is going to happen throughout the next 10 years. So really, it was a 25-year in advance prediction, if I continue to be correct about it. And that is that you will see the standard of living decline for renters and even homeowners, both, you will see that decline unless technology somehow is able to make materials a lot less expensive and construction a lot less expensive. There will continue to be a major housing affordability crisis. And as bad as that is, it benefits investors because it means more rental demand and if you're investing in the sweet spot in the market that we've always recommended, you will be in that spot where you catch people either moving up into their first housing experiences, moving out from home, moving out of apartments, 
or you will catch them moving down the economic ladder depending on where we are in the cycle. So remember, if you get a mortgage today, you will make the last payment on that mortgage potentially in 2050, three decades from now. Can you imagine how much will change throughout that time and how much inflation we're likely to have that will be a huge benefit to you as an investor? Sarah, any comments on that, by the way? Yeah, well, in talking to investors, you know, of course, they're always focused on day one performance. What's the cash flow today? What's the cash on cash? And especially with new construction, I'm constantly having to remind people of that exact thing, that big picture perspective. Yeah, you know, you're going to get the cash flow today, maybe on an older property, but what is the new construction property going to look like in the years to come? And then on top of that, having a lot less maintenance in between, a lot of these new construction homes are just really outperforming the performance over time. You know, I had that experience buying my very first new construction in, in 2007. Yeah. And it's been phenomenal. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at infinite returns on that property. So just remember to keep that in perspective as you're looking at numbers. Don't agonize over 1% cash on cash difference in a property. Look at all these big picture things. Good advice. You know, a lot of deals promoted by various uh, shady people out there look good on the performa, but will they come true in real life? That is a huge question mark, a huge question mark. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about some of these shady operators and- um, Oh, shady operators, my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Not so much the operator, but just some tips on, you know, what to watch out for, some things that may be considered red flags. One of them, let's talk about the most recent two. And, And one of them is the performa and just missing numbers in the performa. I mean, to me, it seems so obvious. But we had a local market specialist recently send me a performa. And by the way, he has not responded to my email demand. But basically, he's covering taxes and insurance for the first year as you know closing cost incentive. And that should go under the closing cost incentive portion. He should not be leaving out property taxes altogether or insurance in the actual numbers, in the meat of the performa, because that's giving investors a false sense of return. So we're constantly monitoring this, checking performance, making sure they're putting in the taxes, insurance, vacancy, maintenance. So that's that. Yeah, you know, just one obvious red flag. But another red flag just recently, well, actually not recently, over the years that I've noticed is rent guarantees. Everybody gets really excited about rent guarantees. But when I these see a rent, rent guarantees, guarantee, look at as we have said so many times over the years, do not be compelled by these rent guarantees because a lot of them are just fake promises. They're fake news, okay? The property must make sense from a market supply and demand perspective, number one. And number two, a lot of the rent guarantees, they just don't keep the promise. You know, we've talked in the past about how they set up a second entity, which is the one making the guarantee, and then they default on that. And what are you going to do? Sue them over such a small amount of money? That doesn't work. Even if you did, they just bankrupt that entity, you know, or they just flat out lie and don't keep the promise. It's absolutely ridiculous. So rent guarantees are totally overrated. Go ahead, Sarah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think 
every seller that offers a rent guarantee is bad per se. You know, some of them do it with the best intentions, but as investors, we have to do our own due diligence and really hone in and determine what the actual market rent is. Because one thing they could do with a rent guarantee besides default and not pay it is they could hype up the rent, make it, you know, $100 a month higher and they're paying this guarantee. And so we, you don't notice it until a year later when yeah. you have to go and, and renew the lease. So there's there's different little problems and nuances with these rent guarantees. And so it's really important as an investor that you just make a few phone calls to local property managers or just do your research online and know what the rent range, the true rent range. What is your neighbor renting their property for down the street? That's what you need to know. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to make sure that that rent guarantee reflects the real marketplace so that if it is not honored, you can fall back to the real market and get that same kind of income. So good advice, good advice. All right, Sarah, what else would you like to cover? Maybe we can mention some of the other markets we are seeing good new construction in. I mean, we have been spending so much time and energy this past year working on new construction. We really think it's a win-win. The tenant gets a nice new property. The landlord gets a nice new property that they're not dealing with maintenance on. And we are sourcing new construction, not only in Orlando, but also Jacksonville, Florida, Atlanta, some of the markets in Mississippi, just uh, south of the Memphis borderline, the Tennessee line. So that's Robinsonville, Mississippi, Baton Rouge, these are leasing up very nicely, performing very nicely. And so be on the lookout. Uh, we're sending out our hot sheets and getting new inventory almost every week. And so um, the inventory is changing. Properties are selling quickly. So be sure to reach out to your investment counselor just to get a pulse on, on what's becoming available in the weeks to come. Yeah, good advice. Good stuff. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We will have you back soon to discuss more markets and more properties. And uh, our clients have been really excited about the new construction stuff. So that's great. Of course, we can help people and, and we do it all the time, helping them with 1031 tax deferred exchanges. And also, we are going to be talking about a couple of other vehicles, of course, that I've been investigating outside of the 1031 tax deferred exchange that offer similar and in some ways better benefits. And income property is the most tax-favored asset class in America. So lots to talk about there. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. Be sure to check out the show's specific website and our general website, hartmanmedia.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Remember that guest opinions are their own. And if you require specific legal or tax advice or advice in any other specialized area, please consult an appropriate professional. And we also very much appreciate you reviewing the show. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or whatever platform you're using and write a review for the show. We would very much appreciate that. And be sure to make it official and subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.